Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. It is officially spring round here. We have lots of beautiful sunshine today. Uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're having a wonderful sunny day. I'm delighted to let you know that I have a guest back on the show, a guest that you've heard from before, the amazing Moira Lethbridge. I had so many amazing comments when I had Moira on for a show last year. I will put the link to that actually in the show notes, the episode with Moira last year. But Moira Lethbridge has actually become a dear friend of mine in the last six months. And we have so much to share with you today. So many exciting thoughts, ideas, a few plans. And so I thought it was time to get her back on the show to discuss all that. But let me just tell you who Moira is uh, and why you should listen in case you didn't listen to that episode from last year. Moira was previously a president and CEO um, leading an extraordinary business, growing a company from five to 200 employees, increasing revenue from 3 million to 35 million US dollars, and was named Smart CEO's magazine's Smart 100 in the Washington DC area for three years running. This woman is simply extraordinary. Today, she is actually an executive coach, principal and owner of Lethbridge and Associates, her own company. As that former president's year, she has 25 years of organizational experience and success that she uses to work with her executive female clients. And it's that experience coupled with my experience that we're chatting about today. This is very much two friends chatting about extraordinary high performance leadership and women. That's why we're, we're having this discussion. That's why I got her back on the show. And we're talking about all the different ways to be more action oriented, have that approach to your professional life that comes from also taking care of yourself that means that you get to build the career of your dreams while enjoying that mythical balance that we talk about while having that sense of achievement while knowing how to take time off and time out and not feeling guilty about it that's what we're chatting about today so without further ado let's get her onto the show You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome back to the show, Moira. I am so thrilled to get you back on the show. You are only my, you're the first person I've had back for a second round. I've threatened a few people with it, but you're the first person. So welcome back. Ah, well, thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to be the first <laughs> get, getting a second chance to talk about these amazing, amazing topics that we have for today. Absolutely. Well, so here's the deal for listeners. Uh, Moira and I met last summer around the time that she came on the show. And quite simply, we've become business besties. We both have a passion for extraordinary leadership. We're both grinning to each other right now. I kind of wish I did have video from time to time because uh, I have so much fun recording these podcast episodes. And with somebody like Moira, oh, this is going to be such a fun episode. And, and really, we just realized we're so aligned on the need for more powerful leadership. And so behind the scenes for the last six months, the pair of us have been talking about what could we do to really provide that extra level of executive presence to so many of you. And that's what we want to get on the show to talk about today. 
And we have a number of topics we're going to be talking about you with. But let's start with Moira. Why are we here today? We've had these conversations, as I said. We've been chatting about what it takes to be a high-performing leader and the commonalities we see. So let's start by digging into that. What do you see as the crucial elements of being a really high-performing senior leader? There's a couple of really important traits uh, and how you um, operate. I guess I want to say it's your inner operating. You know, you've got your values, whatever they are. And then how are you showing up with those innate skills and abilities that are uniquely yours to do? And I call it your zone of genius. It's those one or two things that you are absolutely spectacular at doing. And most of us will do things that we're excellent at. Imagine, like, for example, how, what would you describe your zone of genius as? Those one or two things. I mean, definitely coaching these days, but I think also for a long time, project management was part of my zone of genius, um, was my thing that I was excellent at. That was the key thing. I was excellent at it, but knowing what I know now, what would you, well, you know, we've talked about this before. What would you say about me doing project management? <laughs> I don't see it at all. <laughs> it's, right. And so it's not that you don't practice or use your project management skills every day. You do. It's being able to see and identify those one or two things that is absolutely yours to do. You can do it all day long. It calls to you. Yeah. It's your zone of genius. Now, my zone of excellence is being a president and CEO. I'm really, really good at that. I had the the employment handcuffs that were platinum and fur lined and <laughs> but it was not the one or two things that I was spectacular at doing mm. right so mine is also executive coaching I love it I can do it all day long I know, and right? that and I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about it now it's not that I don't use the skill sets in my zone of excellence mm. I do I have to run a bit. I love running my business. That's what a president CEO does. However, the goal is that I've identified my zone of genius. I help others identify their zone mm. of genius. So let's say you're doing coaching 32% of the time. And you go, oh my gosh. The goal would be that you increase that to 37%, mm. 39%. So incrementally, increasing the amount of time you're doing those one or two activities. That's one ingredient. That I, I absolutely, I mean, well, obviously we've been chatting about this, which is why you're on the show again. And I have seen this so much over the years with women coming and working with me where they just don't love what they're doing. They're getting paid the big bucks, those platinum for a line handcuffs, right? And I myself was in this. Like I, you know, I had an amazing job. I had the title, I had the reputation, I got to do all these amazing things, but I, there was some part of me that was just not quite right. Like I wasn't fully aligned. I didn't wake up on Monday mornings excited to get to work. I do now. <laughs> like it's a, it's a rare day when I am not excited to walk into my home office and get down to work. It's very rare because I am just so excited by what I do. And I think both you and I really want to help more people get to that. But what do you say to the person who's on 35% of their zone of genius and they're just, they're scared. They're scared to take that next step. They're scared to say, 
that they are like, it's not possible for me to get to 38, 39, let alone 60, which is where we want them to get to or more, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're fundamentally saying, I can't do that because, and there's quite often a laundry list of objections. A lot of them around, you know, security of the job, the business won't allow them, all those sorts of things. What do we say to such people, do you reckon? Oh, well, a lot of things, but there's, this is so common is that most uh, most people don't have a system or a plan or a, a framework of how to take actions in bite-sized steps. Yeah. Um, and, and then the resistance around it or the reasons that I hear consistently is, oh, um, I've tried something and it didn't work or, you know, what if it doesn't work or everything's urgent and um, I don't have a system. But do you know the number one obstacle of, of people taking actions on this is? Mm, no. Take a guess. <laughs> They're scared. Uh, yeah, that's one. It's not the number one is... Overwhelm. 100%. Yes. Overwhelm. <laughs> you nailed it. Overwhelm keeps us repeating the patterns that we've always done. Mm. And when you have a framework, it allows you to flex with reality, but still have the goal in mind. And the process is having your own strategic plan that pulls up, that's based on, if you, have you done, you've, of course you've done strategic planning before. You start with your vision, where you want to be, and then why you're doing it, why do you exist, mm. you know? For me, uh, the reason why I exist is to put the light back in women's eyes because I know what it feels like to lose it and I figured out how to get it back. And then how do you chunk it down to the vital few actions to take consistently? Not the big jumps, having these, having a plan mm. so that you can choose the vital few actions that'll help you increase that zone of genius percentage. That's what I do is I help people figure out their own strategic plan that pulls pulls them into the diff- yeah. the next stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny you say that because this is interesting timing from my point of view in that I've talked about this a little bit on the show before, but um, listeners may well be aware that this is the year that I've decided to outsource a lot more of the running my business. I've decided this is the year I really want to get back to more of the coaching. You know, when I first started the business, I was doing... I was doing everything myself and, you know, all the training, all the coaching, but also running a business, all the sales, all the, <laughs> all the finance, absolutely everything. I was a one woman show for quite a long time. Um, I've gradually brought on more of my team and this year is the year I've invested a lot. And it's actually interesting because I've had to go right back to square one and I had to go back to the strategic plan that I actually wrote on day one of my business where I was like, I, this is where I want to be in five years. We're not at five years, but we're, we're kind of approaching the point where I'm fully implementing that. And I had to go back to it. I had to tweak it and update it and say to myself, like, it's okay to let go of this stuff that I'm clearly good at, but I don't actually love. I don't wake up thinking, yes, I really, really want to do my admin reports for the week. You know, <laughs> I really, really want to go and find other women to work with this week. I love working with my clients. I love working with new clients. I don't want to do all that work myself. And I think that's part of it. I think as we grow and evolve in our careers, our zone of genius, our zone of excellence, they both shift. And we need to constantly recalibrate. We need to go back to that strategic plan. 
recalibrate, reassess and say, what am I excited about now? What will get me out of bed Monday mornings once I've had an amazing weekend? You're like, yes, I get to go back to work today. And that shifts, right? It shifts over time. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Well, so you also mentioned the overwhelm there. I'd love to talk a little bit about the interaction between overwhelm and self-doubt, inner critic, imposter syndrome, because we both know that those two things are, well, if you if you label inner critic, imposter syndrome, self-doubt as like one bucket, uh, that's so heavily intertwined with overwhelm. Do you see that coming through with the people you work with? Absolutely. Uh, and And helping them just to differentiate these pieces to say, these are the ways that these are the things that are getting in your way mm-hmm. of of taking the actions and figuring out the solutions, which is what we do in our sessions is uh, just enough, just in time solutioning so mm-hmm. that they can see results immediately around it. I mean, think about this. Uh, do you know, um, I mean, a lot of it is just decision depletion. You know, I decide and I decide and I have to keep running and running. Do you know how many decisions we make a day? I should know that, but I don't actually. I would guess, I would, let me guess here, a hundred? Depends how big the decisions you are you're talking about, I guess. Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> On average, an adult makes 35,000 conscious decisions each day. Now. 35,000? Okay. Wow, okay. That is, right. That's a lot more than I thought. Wow. Right. Now, some are trivial, like, what am I going to eat for breakfast? But others are really impactful, like, do I take this new job? Mm. Do I stay in this relationship? And that's that that decision, the decisioning is tied to overwhelm, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, is that how do you harness your power to choose and mm. make the trade-offs by design, not default? And that's why planning is so important. Taking time for yourself to say, what's important to me? How do I make Mm. it happen? What's going to get in the way? You know, I call that how I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I'm aware of those obstacles. And then how do I want to lead? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we are both here talking as executive coaches, talking about leadership. So we're assuming the where, how can I lead? How do I want to lead? Where will I lead? Comes into this. I think also another piece of leadership comes into this is how do you want to lead your own life? I think we don't talk about that one enough. Like we are the only leader in our own life. Well, we should be the only leader in our own life. And part of coming up with a personal strategic plan, even if it's around your professional life, right? Is about saying, I own my own journey. I am leading my life. I'm not allowing it to happen to me. And I think far too often, the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, the inner critic, the overwhelm stops us owning our own journey. Um, Do do you find that happening with the people you work with? Constantly. Yeah. And uh, as soon as they give themselves permission to want what they want, Mm. they're able to take actions. Yeah, so many things unlock it is just simply incredible when we have that permission, which is from insiders. But for some reason, sometimes, and this happens multiple times in our lives, but sometimes we need we need somebody to give us permission to access that permission <laughs> ourselves, right? Right, right. Yeah. And as, as successful executives that I've worked with, I mean, I've watched them burn out and give and give and give 
the mm-hmm. point where their health suffers and they're, they, they literally are forced to take a time out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's heartbreaking when I, that happens. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, I've had women call me and say, I've got pneumonia in a hotel room, but I still negotiated the contract. Wow. Right. That's where the mindset is. What, where did we go off the rails? A lot of it is just social norms and, you know, Mm. what we think we're supposed to be doing as leaders. However, when you pause. Yeah. And take the time to plan, you can deal with the life, what life throws at you, right? Life threw a pandemic at us, Mm. right? If you have that inner operating system really clear about the vital few things that are important to you, your personal strategic plan, you can pivot a lot easier and a lot less wear and tear on yourself. I think it's even just having permission to be okay with not everybody being happy. I think one of the things I found with my strategic planning is, you mentioned going back in the the beginning of the pandemic, um, one of the things I did was I got really centered on my strategic plan at the beginning of the pandemic. And I said, well, what really matters? What really matters to me in my professional life and what really matters to me personally? And I was able to make decisions based on those two things and let go of a lot of the stuff. And I mean, just just these last couple of days, I've had family visiting me and I've, you know, had to make a few sacrifices. I've, you know, to fit it all in. It was all a bit of a last minute decision to have everybody descend. <laughs> for lots of reasons. And it would have been very easy. The old me from five years ago, the people pleaser, would have kept a lot of the appointments I had scheduled over the last, you know, five days. I would have kept them all. I would have wanted to meet them all. And I would have still put myself in a huge burdensome position to over deliver for my family as well. And what I've really learned with this kind of planning is it is your framework. It is your grounding. It is it is your permission making system and your value system that says what really matters. And therefore, I was able to say, actually, can we reschedule this? Hey, can we push this out? Can we make this shorter? I know what really matters. I mean, there's certain things I still do, right? And certain things, you know, I don't need to give my family 100% of my time. But I think a few years ago, the people pleaser in me would not have done that. And then the funny thing being is nobody's actually happy. (laughs) This is the thing about people pleasing. I know we're getting off topic a bit here. But when we are people pleasing because we don't want to upset everybody or anybody, what actually happens is we do a less good job of everything we do. So actually, you're not people pleasing anybody. And that's why this this planning is is really, really great because it gives you that framework to make the decisions really aligned with who you are. So Moira, because I could talk about that one all day, tell me, I know we've talked about this one before, so maybe it's like some top tips here. But if people are struggling with planning, how do you suggest they get started right now? What like top two, three things could they start doing? Okay. Um, well, first of all, step one, give yourself permission to want what you want. Oh, yes. uh, <laughs> what I would say is write a letter to yourself dated, let's say, end of this year. And it, it could go like this. Uh, Dear Tony, I'm now so grateful and happy that and tell yourself everything you want to have happen during that period. Mm. What it does is that giving yourself permission to want what you want clarifies your thinking, aligns your values, and then you have what you want, right? Now, that would be your vision. It's easy. It helps connect the writing, not on the computer, but writing it out really connects, you know, the parts of the brain and the, and the permission giving. That's what I would do first. Second, I would say, what would be one or two things you could do 
over the next 12 weeks to move the needle towards making that happen. Just one or two. Mm. Most most of my clients are like, I got five. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> don't do that. That is a yeah. setup. And so if you can see 12 weeks from now, what does it look like? What have you accomplished? And now you've broken it down into, oh, okay. I, I, I can see where that needs to happen. And then uh, I always ask three questions. Uh, and the three questions, um, one, does this goal that I'm focused on, is it where I want to be at the end of the 12 weeks? Mm. Does it pull up to my vision? What I just, the letter I just wrote to myself. And is it realistic at this time? Love it. I love it. Right. So now you've chunked it down into something that's more manageable. And from there, it's chunking it down into what are the vital actions that you need to take over the 12 weeks? Yeah. So again, the plan part is that once you get it, it doesn't have to take a long time. That's what I find is that it just can be done very quickly. And when you do it, the planning, this, this chunking it down into, okay, so maybe there's eight steps I need to do, take over 12 weeks. Is that the universe rushes in at that point? Because you've told your subconscious brain, go make it happen. Mm. You've got a plan. You know when to take the action. You just start doing it. You know what? I found this is incredible. 10 minutes is enough to move the needle towards achieving your goal. 10 minutes. We can all find 10 minutes, can't we? Yeah. I mean, okay, listeners, if you're thinking, I can't find 10 minutes, we need to actually have a chat seriously. <laughs> because I hope that we can, find, we can all find 10 minutes. I think the, the, the problem becomes when we're asking ourselves to find, you know, 10 minutes, 10 times a day, then it's like, oh, that's 100 minutes. And that's harder, right? That's, you know, nearly one and a half hours. And we're like, oh, no, I can't, I can't find 100 minutes. I can't find what? More than, more than an hour and a half. I can't do math when I'm talking, apparently. <laughs> Oh dear. You wouldn't believe it, listeners, but I do actually have a mathematical physics degree. You wouldn't know that these days, would you? <laughs> and it's just, it is really allowing ourselves to take the, deciding that I can spend 10 minutes on me, on this, and that's all I need. And it can be super simple. Um, So let's shift gears a little bit because you and I have some plans in the pipeline, which is you know, part of what, you know, this discussion we're having is almost a rehash of what you and I have been tossing backwards and forwards in the last six months, which has brought us to some of the exciting plans we've got coming. So we're putting together, so listeners, stick with me here. We're putting together a summit for HR leaders. Now, I know many of you are not HR leaders, but we have big plans to roll this out more broadly than just HR. Uh, we're starting with HR because that's Moira's specialty. She is extraordinary in that area. And, you know, I know that many of you are also in people ops as well. I know that I've got a very diverse audience on this. You're all in tech in some description, but there we are. Um, tell us, Moira, because I could talk about this all day, but tell us, <laughs> what is it that we're planning and what, how is this relevant to HR, but also how is it going to be relevant to the other listeners out there as well? Right. Uh, we are hosting an HR empowerment summit uh, coming up. April 4th. Now, the whole point of this is that taking the time to plan and walk away with something that you can execute on that will help you achieve what you want, the look back intention that we talked about. 
So it's, uh, it, we're going to focus on your zone of genius, asking it's just four questions mm. to discover your zone of genius. That's it. Four questions. Once you have that, right, then let's put together your own personalized strategic plan to make it happen. And then from there, what get what are the two other primary pieces that will help support leaders is leading with influence. Mm. How you do that, your expertise. Absolutely. And then also ditching self-doubt. Yeah. Two of my favorite topics. So, you know, I am um, I'm gonna be pushing the the leading with influence piece in particular. As many of you know, I am a big believer in really Shaping our leadership, not through, you know, top down, you must do this, you must do that, but instead gentle nurturing of the relationship so that we help people get to the same position so that we all fully understand each other. So we can come to an understanding and therefore appreciation as leaders of our team such that they will come along with us without, you know, lots of top down heavy. And I think every single leader needs to lead with influence really uh, there isn't enough of it in the world this is the 21st century model of leadership that is not talked about enough i think it's also i talk about the women's model of leadership and i think leading with influence is something that i think is one of the fundamental reasons why although there are double standards between men and women and women there we do have a glass ceiling 100 and we are held to different standards unfair standards but when we do thrive when we do do well Actually, one of the things that's different about us is we're far more likely to lead with influence. So I would call this part of the women's leadership model. Not that men don't do it, but for us to overcome those double standards, we are more likely to develop it. And when we do, guess what? Whatever gender you are, leading with influence makes you the most extraordinary high-performing leader. So one of my passion topics that we will be including in the summit, and it goes hand in hand with the personal plan, the dealing with your self-doubt and therefore the overwhelm uh, and it just it all just meshes together into this beautiful day that's all about you as an individual and um, tell us more why is it so important for us to take this time away from the kind of whirlwind of our daily work because most of us don't feel like we can take a day a half day away it's going to be it's about a half day isn't it that we've got planned um, most of us would really struggle taking that. Why is it so important to do that? I mean, I hope all my clients know why, <laughs> but for everybody else, what's important about that? Well, in terms of what successful leaders do is that they they pull up to the 100,000 foot level, mm. right? Most of us are working in the 10 foot level all day long and just churning and churning and tactical without looking up here mm. at the at the bigger picture of taking that time. Um, we just get caught in the weeds and we just don't see what's the opportunities. Oh my gosh, emerging opportunities that come up. Do you know how many hours successful leaders spend in, in planning and thinking time a week? I actually, I do know, but I will let, cause I was blown away by this number. Tell us Moira, tell us how many hours. <laughs> 10 hours, <laughs> 10 hours, right? A week. And how many because... of us actually do that? <laughs> no, we're chuckling to each other here. I actually do spend about seven hours a week. I, I tracked it a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I spend seven, but I've already also got my strategic plan laid out. Right. And that really helps, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think most of us don't come anywhere close to those 10 hours, right? 
Right. Well, what I found is that with the with my clients, what they the the what gets in the way is oh, I don't have time to take time yes. to plan. And I say you don't have time to not plan 100%. because if you if if you're not making the choices of of what's important to you, somebody else is. One hundred percent. And so, uh, doing this day, imagine if you did not only this day to plan for the next quarter or a year, what if you did it every six months? Mm. That's what we all want to be aiming for, actually. Like, and, and just your business is going to thank you for this. If you're listening to this and thinking, oh gosh, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Your business actually needs you to plan. You're not paid the big bucks that you're paid. If you're listening to this as an executive or up and coming executive, you are not paid to be in the weeds doing all the day-to-day. You're not actually paid to be hands-on. One of my clients has this favorite phrase. She's like, I'm not paid to have my hands on the keyboard. I'm paid to think big and strategic. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, you are. We all need to get our hands off the keyboard, whatever you do with the keyboard. That isn't the thing that generates the revenue for the business that is why you're there. If you're a senior leader, you're there to solve the big, tricky problems. You're there to drive the business forward. You're there to unlock the business potential. That doesn't come from being on Slack all day answering questions. That doesn't come from being in your emails all day. If you're an HR executive, it definitely doesn't come from doing all the talent acquisition yourself. It comes from stepping back. It comes from thinking big. And that starts with thinking big for yourself, right, Moira? Uh, yeah, right. If you don't have that plan, something else is going to fill that void. And I've done that, let other people fill that void. And it didn't, it was not pretty. <laughs> it was not pretty. And especially with HR, I mean, they have been the epicenter of, for the last two years, of keeping employees safe, mm. diversity, equity, and inclusion. I mean, they are now positioned. The CEOs listen to them now. They have been invited to the table. And they now, why it's so important to take the time plan is that how do you harness this incredible momentum as an Mm -hmm. HR professional to continue to contribute to the business? in the seat that you deserve 100%. and have earned, right? We just had a massive shift of how organizations see HR. Mm, yeah, we have. I mean, things have even, you know, I work, I would say about 20% of the people I work with are, you know, HR, people ops, 80% are techies, all in the tech industry. Techies are some description anyway. <laughs> very variable some of them are marketing and that kind of things but they've they're you know working on a different part of the business in a technical business and there's been this real shift whether it's with the people ops women I work with or with everybody else of recognizing what HR brings to the table which is one of the reasons I actually wanted to bring this onto the podcast even though you know leading women in tech is not the obvious place for us to talk about an HR women's empowerment summit other than we're actually going to roll this summit out to other groups tailored to each group hopefully but it's really about recognizing what the different teams in the business can do for you. In the same way that everybody knows that marketing is there to generate interest in whatever it is you sell, people ops, HR, is there to support the most important asset in your business, 
which is not the product you have. You might think it's your most important asset, but what if everybody walked away? Would you actually have a product to sell? Very few businesses have that kind of resilience where they have the knowledge documentation that means that actually you can afford not to have your people. (laughs) Your biggest asset is your team, right? Absolutely your team. And suddenly I think we're seeing this real shift that we've recognized that people ops and HR is there to support that in a different way. I've one of my clients, she's regularly going to her HR department to do to get them to bring in training about just well-being training, helping people navigate difficult challenges. You know, they've hired, I think that particular company, they've like doubled the team size in the last 12 months. And that's a lot of a lot of pain for a team to go through. It's exciting. It's also exhausting. And HR have been coming in and really helping with that, not just with the talent acquisition, which is quite often historically what we thought HR was for, talent acquisition and firing. It's a whole lot more than that now. And I think this is why it's so important to really begin to understand how that fits into your business. I mean, how do you see HR going forward, really like supporting the business, Moira? HR needs to capitalize on their strategic position now. It may be unfamiliar to them. They may not call it that, but that's what they've been doing for the last two years Mm -hmm. is what do we need right now? I mean, you mentioned change fatigue. Organizations Mm -hmm. are in extreme change fatigue. They're on it. They're seeing the vision and then they're implementing the well-being training or the how do we keep our employees safe? They have proven that they're a strategic partner. Now, they have to catch up (laughs) with this image because they've also been in the business long enough to be the, you know, the old, you know, version of what they saw themselves as. Mm. Time to step into who they are right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so tell us, Moira, how can people join up for our, our summit? I'm super excited to share this, actually. <laughs> oh, yes, they can go to uh, the website, which is the HR Empowerment Summit. And I will, uh, you'll put that into the... In the show notes, absolutely. All that information will be in the show notes. All the links, all the important details, we'll put those in the show notes for you. It, the day is for you, listeners. It is about receiving so that you can step into your inherent worth and value, your zone of genius, and have the tools to lead with influence, to ditch that, uh, that inner critic, the self-saboteur, and to be able to wake up every morning to say, I love who I am and what I do, to be the leader who loves what she does and mm. does what she loves. Oh, 100%. Well, so we are and coming to the end of the episode. So let's finish up with a leadership mindset moment, which I love to do every single episode. So Moira, what is the number one mindset shift you see women leaders needing to make? This is a different question than what I gave you at the end of the episode last year. What is the number one mindset shift you see women leaders needing to make right now? You're not meant to do it alone. Uh, self-sufficiency is very promoted and, and encouraged in society, but not with, not, with, uh, not with women leaders. We actually do better when we collaborate with others, especially other women leaders, 
so that we reduce isolation. And we find out that we're, we're better, we're happier, we're connected. Uh, and that translates into increased productivity, uh, retention. And what you described, what you love, is you wake up every day and you love your job. Yeah, yeah, we all need that more. We all need that more. Have you any final thoughts you want to share today before we wrap up? My hope is that every person listening to this recognizes the value that they deserve to have time to plan. And that will shift the rest of their experience. 100%. I think I would add to that and say, recognize the value that having the time to plan for you, not just for your team, not just for the business, but for you, recognize the value that actually brings to the business because you can let go of so much baggage when you plan for yourself. Your plan gives you a framework to let go of your inner critic, to let go of your imposter syndrome. It might not go completely, but it gives you a framework to hang everything else around. So this isn't just about you, although it sounds like it's just about you. It's actually good for business too. Love it. Um, so just a reminder, listeners, if you want to join us for the Empowerment Summit, if you are, if you're kind of eager and you're not in tech, then drop me an email, support at tonycollins.com and let me know that you would love this rolled out to you as well. Um, if you are in HR ops in any way, go check out the website which is in the show notes um, to join us on the 4th of April for the HR Women's Empowerment Summit. We would be absolutely thrilled to welcome you there. If you want to have a chat with Moira or me beforehand, you can book a chat with us. Link is in the show notes as well for that. Um, and we are just so excited to bring this to the world. As I said, I met Moira. I fell in love with the way she works. And this has been a passion project for us for the last six months. And we are so excited to bring it to you all. Um, and if you're listening and thinking that's amazing, please do tell your HR team about it as well. We would be delighted to support you, even if you are not an HR person yourself, support you by supporting your HR team. So uh, send this around. Let us know what you think. Drop me an email, book a call, and hopefully we'll see some of you on the 4th of April. Thank you so much for being on the show, Moira. As always, such a joy, such a pleasure. Um, I'm sure it won't be the last time. <laughs> And um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God, it was so good to get Moira back. I just, I love this woman. We actually meet every week, have a coffee chat. I just adore her. I just, I'm so glad that we got to get her back on the show. As I said, won't be the last time. Uh, just leaving you with a few thoughts. Remember, if this is something that lights you up, if you are currently listening and thinking, yes, I want to attend that, I'm in HR, people ops, go have a look at the show notes, get that link. If instead you're thinking that sounds incredible, when is it going to be available to women outside HR? We want to do themes. Uh, we want to make sure that these summits so are small numbers of women, very small numbers of women, we're very limiting it. It's very high touch. You're going to get really small groups hosted by me and Moira. And so we want to do it themed on discipline. We're starting with HR because that's Moira's era of excellence. Women in tech is coming. We're maybe going to do it based on maybe VPs of engineering, maybe 
uh, VPs of product. Like I'm not sure how small the groups will go. So if you're listening and thinking, holy heck, I would love to spend half a day. I would love to find half a day to spend really working on this stuff. Do drop me an email, support at tonycollis.com so we can gauge how excited you are. So we know like how quickly we need to bring this in, right? Um, it is on our agenda for later in the year, but if you are super excited, we might be able to bring it forward. So do let me know. And as I mentioned earlier, if you think this is something that your HR team would benefit from, even if you're not in HR yourself, please do send the details their way. We would be delighted to welcome them. But places are going on a first come first serve basis. They are very, very limited. It is a very high touch event with a very small number of women. So make sure you book your spot soon if you are interested. Until next time, remember, ladies, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.